This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. By the time you're seeing this, Benedict XVI has been laid to rest, or he will be today. Unless this gets delayed, this video gets delayed, which I half expected to. So if you're seeing this, if this gut went live on a Saturday, I'm recording this early, my patrons had this before the late pontiff's uh, funeral and everything else. If you're seeing this going live on a Saturday, it's because something I expected to happen did happen delaying it. But otherwise, by now, Benedict XVI has either been laid to rest or is in the process of being laid to rest today. And I wanted to wait till today to really talk to you about what I expect to see next, because that has been sort of a hot topic among people talking about these things online, whether it's in commentary videos and podcasts like this, or if it's just in online discussions. What should we expect to see next? And I'm going to tell you the first thing that you're going to see coming next is going to be traditional Catholics who have largely kept quiet. Because I've been having conversations behind the scenes with people who have been waiting until his funeral was done. Traditional Catholics are going to start saying the negative things about Benedict XVI. This should not surprise you. Because traditionalists want or have a long-standing position of being hostile in some way or another to Vatican II. And Benedict XVI was one of the architects of Vatican II. Our, uh, his handler, Archbishop Gonswein, came out in an interview this week and said that Vatican II was so important to Benedict XVI that the purpose of Samorum Pontificum was to get traditional Catholics, one, away from Arch, uh, Archbishop Lefebvre and the SSPX, and two, to uh, get traditional Catholics to accept Vatican II. The also, the, it also came out, though, on the flip side of that as a counterargument that Benedict said that the Novus Ordo, the new Mass, was not what Vatican II envisioned. So it's a complicated issue. So you should expect to see traditional Catholics begin going after Benedict for some of those things and be brutally honest with the no, numerous things that he has said over the years that are frankly indistinguishable from much of what Francis says, including on theology, some of the heretical things that Francis says. There are a lot of examples of this. Benedict wrote 66 books. You're probably not going to see an end to this anytime soon, in fact, because people are going to start doing it. It's, it's just going to happen. Whether you choose to tune in or not to that stuff is up to you. I probably won't even bother talking about it. It's, I'm getting a little worn on the Benedict subject just because it's, because of, it feels like we've crossed, we crossed a threshold. And that's why I want to talk about really what's coming next. Because for all of its faults, I do believe Benedict XVI loved the church and he loved our Lord and uh, he wasn't extremely hostile to us. And I don't share the opinion of uh, some other trads on that. I just don't agree with the hermeneutic of continuity. That's my big critique of Benedict XVI is that the hermeneutic of continuity is essential to if you want to try to keep Vatican II and what it does to make it Catholic, you have to have a hermeneutic of continuity. And the hermeneutic of continuity is simply viewing everything the council did and all the documents it issued, it's the instructions it gave through sort of the lens of it being in, well, continuity, meaning in continuation, meaning being with that, with what came before in the church. You have to read those things. But the problem you run into with that is that there are, doc, there are statements that just conflict. 
Ratzinger himself called the you know documents of Vatican II the anti-syllabus of errors because the syllabus of errors issued almost exactly a century beforehand, actually, by Pius IX, conflicts with the documents of Vatican II on religious liberty and a few other things. And if you are if you recognize that there's a problem and those errors need to be corrected, a hermeneutic of continuity gets well complicated, if not impossible. The only bishop, there's only one bishop in the church today that I trust on the hermeneutic of continuity who could possibly make the hermeneutic of continuity work, and that's Bishop Athanasius Schneider, but he'll never be Pope, short of us getting a bishop of Rome, a Pope who is actually, you know, more like Benedict, who then takes Bishop Schneider, makes him an archbishop somewhere, and then makes him a cardinal somewhere. Short of that happening, that's he's not going to become Pope. And he's the only one I trust to do that, because he is the only voice among the better bishops who is willing to take a look at Vatican II, say the hard things that need to be said about the, the problems there, and admits that they need to be corrected. He's the only one. It's the only reason I trust him on that. But what else are you going to see coming next besides, like traditionalists begin talking brutally honestly about Benedict in ways that many of you will be very upset about? You've seen it already. At least at the time that I'm recording this, the funeral arrangements for Benedict have been announced. And <laughs> he's going to be the first pope in something like 1,600 years whose funeral does not have, at his funeral mass, does not use the Roman canon. This is the traditional prayer of consecration for the mass. In the, new, in the Novus Ordo, there are like four prayers of consecration. The Roman canon is one of them. It was the sticking point, actually, for Bugnini and um, Paul VI versus Lefebvre and Ottaviani and a few others. When Ottaviani and Lefebvre and a few others threatened Paul VI and Bugnini by uh, publicly outing them as heretics because the new mass, the first version of it, did not include the Roman canon, the consecration of the Eucharist. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a problem. And so they included it, which is good, I guess. But they... Benedict XVI will be the first pope to receive a funeral without the Roman canon being used in the funeral mass since like the 4th or 5th century. And the excuse that's being given is that Benedict was uh, asked for a simple funeral. Now, that's the prayer of consecration. It's a traditional prayer of consecration. And many are reading this. I've seen Dr. Peter Kwasniewski on Facebook mention this. I've seen others mention that this is a slight against Benedict XVI, just another slight against him. You can, have a, you can have a simple funeral for Benedict without taking out the Roman canon from the funeral mass that the whole world will be watching. Now, what else is going to happen? I mean, that's, it's a sign of what's going to happen. His legacy is going to be they're going to slowly take his legacy apart. And they've already been doing this. I mean, Traditionus Custodus was, they were just impatient. They weren't willing to wait for him to go before they did that. I expected them to wait till he was gone before issuing Traditionus Custodus. I was just, I, like everybody else who thought that was wrong. We didn't think they'd be that brazen. And the rumor is, and has been, and I've gotten this from clergy who are well connected to Rome, from clergy, that there will be a follow-up Traditionus Custodus document coming. And I've been hearing that for a couple of months now. I will give no other details because it's a rumor, 
And if you've been paying attention, you know that rumors these days from Rome are, are at best shaky. That they because they are. It appears that that in Rome they're looking to find either a who the leaks are in the Curia who are telling Amer mostly Americans what's going on and can to get rid of those people from the Roman Curia, send them packing, send them elsewhere. Whether it's gaslighting people on purpose, releasing misinformation. He, what do I mean by this? So. The, the easiest example, like Rate Chelly got in trouble with this recently with about a, a, an appointment of a cardinal who was just a horrifying heretic. He was going to get appointed to like the CDF or something, and that turned out not to be the case because their rumor was the their rumor was wrong. What they had heard was wrong. And the the thing is, Rate Chelly has a track record of being very good with this stuff. And they were wrong. Their source was just incorrect. But this isn't the first time. That wasn't the first time they did that. Um, back during the consistory, back in August, I heard a rumor, as did several others, that Francis was going to name a coadjutor bishop of Rome. If you don't know what a coadjutor bishop is, a coadjutor bishop is one who has the right of automatic succession to become the bishop of the diocese upon the retirement or passing of the current occupant. So, example. Let's say Portland, Oregon. Bishop Alexander Sample has uh, he gets a diagnosis of something that tells him that unequivocally he has very little time left, and he talks to Francis and says, "I, Holy Father, I want to stay in this in office until I'm gone. Can you appoint a coadjutor?" And so he does, and the coadjutor comes to Portland, Oregon, and becomes essentially an assistant bishop for sample in this case. Again, this is not happening. Don't take this as the news that I'm giving you. This is an example of what if. All right. Archbishop sample is in good health as far as I know. But in this scenario, the coadjutor, it becomes the assistant who then Archbishop sample steps down or goes to his judgment, automatically becomes the Archbishop of Portland, Oregon. The rumor in August was that at the consistory, Francis was going to announce this for the papacy. They may say that that's not legal. Well, he can change canon law with the stroke of a pen, which is one of the more maddening things about the things he's done is that he hasn't. He just made rulings, and he's not the first. I mean, when Archbishop Lefebvre was excommunicated, they violated canon law, and they didn't change. They could, they could have changed the canon law and how they did it, and they didn't. Anyway, that was the rumor that Francis was going to name a coadjutor bishop of Rome, and there's precedent in church history for this. It's just the last time it happened was like in the 8th or 9th century, but it's happened before. And it went over about as well as you think back then. It went over very badly. It only happened a couple of times before the system was changed to the cardinals choosing who the next Roman pontiff would be. But that was the rumor. I heard the rumor. I was like, I don't trust this, but I could see it happening. So I wrote a script for a video. So as soon as the news broke, I could just fill in a couple details and I could have you a breaking news thing. But then I sat on it. I refused to do anything with it. Uh, the LifeSite News YouTube channel, John Henry Weston Show, had had an episode about that rumor. You may have seen it. It didn't come to pass. I saw a few other people talking about this. I talked about I talked about it on Twitter a little bit. Why am I taking this long tangent? Is because what I expect to see next is a lot of rumors about things coming. Most of them will not be true. What I expect to see next is Rome really just continuing with the synod on synodality. That's where they're going to be but they make it more brazen. I, 
you know, I was never on the Benedict is the real Pope. Francis is not trained. I, I just don't, I've seen the evidence and I don't, in the case and the arguments and I'm not convinced. And so I don't have belief that Benedict was secretly the catacon or anything like that, like continuing to be the catacon, holding things back. But what I do see, do expect to see in 2023 is a crackdown on traditional Catholics coming. I will be surprised that that doesn't include social media figures too, by the way. That I can't, if I was in Rome and I would, if I was at, reportedly they are concerned about American influencers. If I was in Rome, I would be drafting a document on that all of us will, when they issue it, oh, every single one of us will ignore, but I, won't be, I would be expecting that. I would expect the, the, the Latin mass crackdown to happen probably in spring because some of the documents that came out last year from uh, various dioceses, they got received letters when asking for help from Rome about what was coming next. They said that they were told to pull the plug on all Latin mass offerings by, I think it was May 23rd of 2023. So somewhere around there, it's in the spring that they're told to pull the plug. I ex would be shocked if that didn't happen. If that, if we didn't get a document saying that, at least for all diocesan TLMs, for that to happen. I don't take the FSSP getting a you know protection from um, from Francis in the form of a of a modu proprio written on a napkin <laughs> that they've been transcribed and put on their own website that the Vatican does not have in the official archives at all, which means that it just only exists for the FSSP. I don't take that to be real. I, I'm sure that they receive something. I but. In Rome, they're not going to treat that as real. So I wouldn't treat them as being protected. Whether that means this year or next or the following year, something bad is going to happen to the FSSP, I don't know. But you're going to see this stuff continue because Gons Fine said the purpose of Samorum Pontificum was to bring traditional Catholics into fully rejecting everything about Archbishop Lefebvre and the SSPX, and that didn't happen. And so Francis rescinded Samorum Pontificum. We're back to the 1988 uh, Ecclesia Day Declaration as a status quo, and you're probably going to see the next step being us going back at least to what was beforehand, which was essentially Latin Mass is only existing entirely if the bishop was stridently pro-Latin uh, Mass, actively promoting it in their diocese. Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. But my expectation is the crackdown on traditionalist Catholics is going to come, and it's going to come hard and fast. It will happen not immediately after the funeral, although who knows, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being too kind to them, but it will happen this year. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting more alliances with the secular world. You see whispers from the secular authorities in the United States and others, other places of trying to link traditional Catholics to all the evil things that they worry about. So expect that. You, you'll probably, you're going to see more signaling between the media and with the, and as the mouthpiece of governments and the media will be the one signaling this with Rome and Rome will be happy to oblige. I'm sure. I don't know why they hate us so much other than the fact that we don't accept their revolution in the church and we just want the Catholic faith. And if that's why they do it, that probably means they don't really like the faith all that much. I will, I would expect to see more good bishops get canceled. Um, There'll be more Cardinal Zens and uh, the, the, the bishop from Puerto Rico, whose name escapes me at the moment, that I reported on a couple of times. You're going to see more of that. Maybe a few American bishops. The, there are media figures calling for Bishop Strickland to get punished because he says Catholic things. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't just toe the Francis line. He spoke in defense of Father Pavone. 
Um, you'll see more of that too. You'll see more good caprice canceled. You're going to see more of what we've been saying. I just think it might be more brazen though. That's about it. I mean, Benedict wasn't holding them back. His mere presence wasn't. The one bit of France, uh, Benedict's legacy that I think would be shocking to see them go after, but it wouldn't be also be that surprising, is his reform of the new mass. So right around the same time that uh, Samorum Pontificum was issued, Benedict um, corrected an error in the, in the, in the uh, new mass that many felt had put the validity of the new mass in question for literally decades, for almost four decades. He just changed a few words to make it theologically unquestionable, I guess. And that reform was ignored in some places, Germany and some other places, and nothing happened. Um, there have been whispers that that could be the next thing. It, it, my whole point, what I'm telling you is I'm giving you specific things. I'm, I'm just doing it off the cuff. I don't have a list here. It's going to keep getting worse. That's it. And it's going to keep getting worse until Francis is gone and we get somebody else as long as it's not another Francis. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. My expectation is more a Francis II and not a Pius XIII. So what are your expectations, though? Let me know in the comments what you think is coming next. Uh, and are you going to be disappointed when you see, you know, tra some traditionalists pointing out that Benedict wasn't exactly, you know, that he was not the biggest friend of traditionalism, that it takes more to be a traditionalist than just going to a Latin mass and being pro-Latin mass. There is a difference between the Latin mass movement and the traditional and being a traditional Catholic. Will you be disappointed when that happens? I will probably not participate on YouTube in that. I'm wanting to move on to other things, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, I do want to make a point out here. There's a story about a Bishop Pfeiffer. I just got an email from somebody saying he's an SSPX bishop who said some not nice things about Benedict XVI. Bishop Pfeiffer is not SSPX. He's not. <laughs> so I didn't even look at his comments, but I, I knew he wasn't SSPX. But I went and double-checked just to go look to see who the bishops listed are. And he's not, he's not one of their bishops. So that's so. Just at least let the reporting be honest, okay? But are you going to be disappointed when you see these uh, these things from traditional Catholics coming, in probably starting in the next few days if they haven't started already? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria. <laughs>